0: All right, hey, uh, my name is John, this is my wife Pam, and uh, I'm the director of marriage ministry here at Watermark, and so tonight we're going to talk, we are going to talk about sex, um, and, you know, it, it's always exciting uh, to talk about it. I know there's some trepidation, you know, in the audience, um, you know, because the guy, some of the guys are going, All right. I'm going to get lucky tonight. Right. And some of the girls are like, oh, no, he thinks he's going to get lucky tonight. <laughs> right. And so some of us are like really excited about the topic. Some of us are really uh, just kind of scared or there's some trepidation about it. And, and what do I, I just I just want to start with this and just say that the, the goal of tonight uh, is not for you to go home and or for us to get you to go home and have sex. Okay, Um, for some of you, uh, uh, and guys, let me lean on you for a second. Uh, For some of you, that would actually be detrimental and unwise uh, to push that tonight. Okay, Uh, but... For some of you, that would be a very loving, natural um, response or application uh, of tonight, okay? But for everybody, remember what, no matter where you are, I do want you to think about what it would look like to take the next step uh, towards oneness in this area, okay? That, that is, uh, that's the, the goal of this instruction uh, tonight, okay? And so... Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts. I'm going to go a couple of other... other Yeah, so we are. (laughs) So tonight is the very first night that we're translating uh, this experience into uh, Spanish. Um, So live in the back, they're actually translating it. So tonight is going to be Bueno and Muy Caliente. Did you translate that into English for them? That's funny. So... What a night to start uh, with, the, with that <laughs> translation. You could have picked something uh, something much more tame. Um, but yeah, so we, we love, Pam and I love being married uh, 20 years this, uh, this summer. And uh, give it up for Pam. <laughs> um, you know, we were, we were on a hike, and we just said, we were looking back and looking forward, and we said, man, let's, you know, the next 20 years, let's make sure that we are faithful to God, helpful to others. Uh, willing to take risks and then best friends when our kids leave you know we didn't want to be um, those parents that stood in the driveway when we saw the taillights and go now what you know we wanted to kind of high-five each other (laughs) and go sweet you know i get to be with my best friend now uninterrupted um you know until the holidays and so we wanted to be really uh really really excited about that so that's kind of our next 20-year goal there's a lot of applications for it but we love being married and this is a, a really fun uh part of our marriage has hasn't always been in their seasons um but this is a you know i think it's god's gift to us so when we enjoy it It's good, right, and holy, and so uh, by and large, this is a a really fun part of our relationship. And yet, it's really interesting how this this topic, as much as anything, can cause frustration uh, in a relationship. And so, we actually, like a couple years ago, we did the math on like how what percentage of your married life do you spend having sex? Like, so of all the hours that you're going to be married. And uh, not, not what you hoped, you know, but just kind of given some, some averages, like what would you, how much of your married uh, life would you spend having sex? And, and it, best we could figure out, it works out to about 0.625%, not, not a full percentage, but 0.625% of your whole like married life, right? That's, that's what percentage of the pie will be uh, you, you guys, you know, if you're like average, you know, in, in your bedroom uh, doing as you see fit, um, right, between husband and wife. That, that would be that small of a sliver. And it's amazing how that small of a sliver relationship uh, can cause that this much frustration, this much pain, or uh, this much connectedness and this much joy. And so it really is an important topic. It's, a, it's a absolutely a healthy part um, of a, it should be a healthy part of a relationship. And so it's something that we wanted to talk about uh, for just a few minutes tonight. So yeah.
1: And so we want to give you guys five things. And so if you're, if you're taking notes or even if you can just remember them, they all start with G. And so five things um, that just help you guys have great sex. The first one is goodwill um, you know, or just a good relationship. And so um, you know this and we, we know this, but just to remind ourselves... Um, sex doesn't just happen in the bedroom. The way you interact all day, the state of your relationship affects intimacy, um, physical intimacy specifically. And so you can't expect a woman to suddenly be excited to have, a, have sex if she hasn't been loved and cared for the rest of the day or the rest of the week. Um, and same for a guy. He's not suddenly ready to have sex if a woman has been demeaning or disrespectful, has not loved and served him well. And so all those throughout the day, the way you interact affects what happens that night or that day? Or just what happens physically?
0: Yeah. So just this idea that it's, everything is connected, right? Um, and and we, we tend to just kind of separate out sex and just say, we'll just deal with, with sex and the, the conversation, the act of over here, um, irrespective of what's going on. And it really all is connected. And so it was a funny story. A few years ago, I was coming up to the church. I was running late. And I remember just, I had my backpack on. I'm running out the door, open the garage And Pam says, "Hey, I've got some ideas about our sex life." Right as I'm leaving, trying to about to get in the car, you know, uh, and I like. So one millisecond before that, I was in total panic mode. I was going to be late. And now I, I remember putting my backpack down and going, hey, like, what, what are you thinking? <laughs> tell, tell me your thoughts. I'm not in a hurry anymore. Uh, it'll wait. And, um, and she said, no, you know, I, we can talk later. And I was like, babe, you don't tell a guy. I've got some thoughts about sex life and our sex life and then just send him on his way, you know, see you two hours. Um, and so we just had we had a brief conversation. She said, well, it's about the towels. And I was like, all right. I don't know. We've never done anything with towels, but I'm game, you know? <laughs> and she goes, no it's, no, not, no, it's not that at all. And I was like, bummer. Well, what, what, are you, what, are you, uh, what are you talking about? She said, well, here's the deal. When Before we have sex, you know, if, you know, if it happens at the end of the day or whatever, uh, you always take a shower, which I... I appreciate. Um, but, you know, a lot of times you're in there and you just, like, leave your clothes and you leave your towels on, on the floor. Um, and then you want to come around and you want to have sex with me. And I just, I just wanted you to know it's, it's hard uh, to, to do that. And I, you know, like, cue the music where the guy goes, like, what? You know, just, like, dumbfounded. And I remember going, well, <laughs> so I, like, said this. So can you, like, can you see the towels in there? <laughs> She was like, no, because they're like around in our bathroom. She said, no. And I said, so, but the towels on, like on the floor in there uh, make it difficult for you to have sex in, in our bedroom. She said, yeah. And I was like, no, I don't, I don't, and I'm just looking, I don't understand, help me understand. And she said, well, it just feels like, you know, you'll kind of be, uh, you're just kind of creating work for me. There's a, there's a, uh, like a disregard for me, you know, it, five seconds before you come around. Um, the corner there, and uh, and it just it's just hard. I just want you to know, you know. And so, man, I had, I had no, I had no idea, right? So now when I get out of the shower, I'm down on the ground and I'm like buffing out the uh, floor. <laughs> I'm not doing that. But I do hang out my towels. I mean, I uh, put my clothes where they go. Um, and so that's been a really great metaphor uh, for Pam and I. Is that a lot of times if, if things just aren't going sexually the way we wished, or somebody's not initiating, or someone's not responding the way we wished, we tend to go, What's, We've got a sex issue. And so very, very, very rarely is that the case. Almost always, we've got a relationship issue. And that's absolutely connected to our, our sex. And so the question I think you know, sometimes we'll ask is, like, what, are, what are the towels in our relationship? What are the things that aren't going on in the bedroom right now but absolutely make it difficult for one or both of us or in, um, kind of have an impact on our sex life? And so, um, so Pam, our first point is that great sex... Right happens where there's a a good relationship or where there is goodwill, and that's, and don't minimize that. That's not a throwaway comment. That is, that is the point, okay? That is the point of reengage. That's why sex isn't the first chapter and it doesn't come till later because if you get all this stuff right, more often times than not, uh, sex will take care of itself. So yep. okay. Right. I'm so done the with second my one that's soapbox. good. box, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay, side note it is funny. 20 years of marriage, I would say. I mean, things you just let some things go a little bit. Yeah. Who leaves the towels and their clothes on the floor now?
0: No comment. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I've let it slide, yeah. We just kinda... So, you can let you can let little things go. Overlook offenses. Um, so you're saying that you're but more apt to now. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm way more apt yeah. to it now. It doesn't affect kinda... me
0: because I can't see it. That's right. right. You don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good.
1: Second thing, um, good theology. So the first one's goodwill, good relationship. Um, The second one, um, to have great sex, is just to have a good theology. And so um, we would just say, I mean, you know, if you go back in Genesis, sex was obviously created in the garden with Adam and Eve by God. It was created, um, you know, for them to enjoy, but it was also, first of all, created, he told them to be fruitful and multiply. And so have children, have sex, that's the way you have children. Um, And so he told them to do that. And then all through the Bible it's talked about as a good thing, specifically in Song of Solomon. Um, 5 1 talks about sex as a good thing. It says, Eat and drink deeply, O oh lovers. Um, so, God gave it to us as a gift, um, but we have to be careful like it's not the ultimate gift. It's a good gift, but if we make too much of it and it becomes the ultimate thing, then it's out of place. And so, you just hold it as a good gift that God gives us in its proper place. You don't make too little because it is a big deal, as John talked about, um, but it's not the biggest deal in your relationship.
0: Yeah, that's right. So, so sex is, is God's idea. It's not something that the pornography industry uh, found out about, you know, or Adam and Eve, right? It wasn't that God looked down and goes, Adam, what are you doing? Like, get off her, you know, I can't believe you do that, right? This is his idea. This was his idea. And things that God created are good and holy, and he said to be fruitful and multiply. This was, this was his command from the beginning, But it's hard for us because of some of the garbage that we've seen or the garbage that we've been exposed to to go, I mean, sex is a good gift to be enjoyed. And part of that is that it is clearly to be enjoyed in the context of marriage between husband and wife only, only between uh, those two people. And that would include anything, uh, what's out of bounds is anything uh, physical, with someone else in the relationship, anything visual, any pornography, or anything mental where you're thinking about someone else. Eh? Cle- clearly out of bounds. That's not how God intended that. Because Jesus said in Matthew 5, 27, even to look lustfully at another uh, person, another woman, is to commit adultery. And so it is exclusively between husband and wife, but it is God's idea, and it is good, and it is right, and it is holy. And so the question comes, well, what it may um, Let me just say this. I've noticed with a lot of people, they get really, really frustrated with their spouse. Their spouse won't do this, or they're they're not as much as this as they, they thought they would be, something along those lines. And you start to have the conversation, and you say, well, tell me where those desires, where those thoughts, those ideas came from, right? And it's always pornography, or it's something that they overheard others talk about and they kind of pieced together this tapestry of what great sex would look like. But, but it wasn't like, if we're honest, it wasn't that we were, had our Bibles open and we're reading through verse by verse through the book of Romans, right? And then doing a Bible study and go, "That I got it. That's what I want my sex life uh, to look like, right? God gave that to me. No. Right? It's always from some, some really wicked places. And then... We take that and we put that on our spouse and we become frustrated, agitated. We make demands, uh, those kind of things. And that, that's just out of bounds, okay? But when we do it um, kind of God's way, when we uh, operate within his parameters and we see it as a good gift, a way to connect, a way to bring oneness uh, to each other, we set it in its proper place and it's holy, right, and good. And as Pam said, we tend to make too much of it, right? Because all of us, I mean, so guys will probably relate to this. Um, she, she like sends you a text in the morning and says, hey, big boy, tonight's your lucky night, you know? And so all day long, man, he can't focus. The spreadsheets don't, they're all messed up. Accounting, nothing matches, right? And all he can think about is sex. He's been thinking about it all day long. And he gets there and he has sex. And at the end of it, he's built it up to be something so incredible, he's a little bit disappointed on the other end, okay? It's a pretty universal experience. And that is because we made it this ultimate thing. And instead, if the guy goes, man, this will be so fun. Yes, I'm, like, wildly excited about it. And we get there, and, and we let it be whatever it's going to be, and we enjoy each other, and we're, we connect, and we see it as God's gift. And whatever happens, happens. And we can celebrate and hold each other afterwards. Um, then, then that's, we've, seen, we've let the gift be what it's supposed to be, but we haven't tried to make it an ultimate thing. And, um, and so how we view sex really is important. And as Pam said, we've got to have good theology, a good understanding of biblically what sex is, so that we can have uh, a great sex life. So you have thoughts on that?
1: No, I just love the picture of the gift. And so you think about if you have thought and given a gift to your spouse or one of your kids, and when they enjoy it, just what joy that brings you. And so when God sees us in marriage, in its proper place, enjoying sex, that brings him joy. And that is our goal, if you're a believer, is to glorify God. And so just to think about it that way, it's just really been kind of transformational for my thoughts in the last probably 10 years as we've, as yeah. we've thought about this. So I love the picture of the gift.
0: Awesome. Okay. Right. So thing. the third one is yep. um, that if you want to have great sex, you've got to have good communication. Okay. And so uh, there's a whole chapter in Reengage about that. You know, uh, James 1.19, Um The word we'll be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And so we are uh, to communicate, be able to both articulate what it is that we want, as well as understand and receive and be able to articulate back uh, what it is that that our spouse wants.
1: Yeah, and so this is an area of growth for me. I used to think to communicate to John maybe what I liked, what I preferred or didn't prefer, kind of felt selfish to me. But then after talking about it, realizing... We don't understand, we can't read each other's minds. You know, men and women are made differently. And just to know what I like, what I prefer, vice versa for him, like I want him to know that, he wants me to know that, because our goal in this is to serve each other. And so just to be able to get to the place, thinking about the other person, hey, This is what I would like. Hey, what would you like? And just to be able to communicate um, is a great place to be. And so we would acknowledge that this is a hard area to communicate. If you've never talked about it, it can be really awkward the first time. And so you'll definitely get to a chapter, you know, if you haven't already, where you'll talk about these things. Um, But ask your leaders, you know, maybe an idea of a good book. Um, that you could just, I mean, read a page or two out loud to each other. If you can't even say some of the words or, you know, say some things to each other, you could just read to each other. Um, yeah. And, yeah, ask your leaders, you know, for there's a couple. There's not a lot, but there's a couple of good books. Yes,
0: there's so that. you should be able to say uh, <laughs> adult anatomy without giggling as an adult, as a married couple. You know that, right? Like, you should be able to say those things. And so, but some people literally it's just been so taboo or there's so much uh, weird shame around it that we've actually seen couples be helped just by um, just reading Reading a book and saying those things out loud and saying, like, oh my gosh, like, do people really do that? And the guys going, yeah, they do, you know, and that would be fun, <laughs> really? Um, and so you could sometimes that can kind of uh, spur conversation, okay, and that can be a helpful thing. But uh, it is amazing, this communication thing. Still to this day, Pam and I are pretty, like, I'm mean, gonna give us pretty decent marks on the communication, but uh, I will still, like, when I wanna have sex and I'm not sure that she does. Like I just get like all of a sudden like eight year old insecure little boy you know and I'm like ah well maybe like so what do you think and she's like so you asking do you want to have sex (laughs) yeah that that's what I was asking (laughs) you know or um you know or just like hey babe what about this you know and so instead of that what's amazing is I just assume she can read my mind right and I'm not the only one because I don't communicate I go well. Because she did this or didn't do this or whatever it was, clearly, clearly, the only, the only logical explanation of that is spite. Right? And she had no idea. None. But I have, because I haven't articulated these things, she has no idea. Then I have no right to be frustrated, angry, uh, petty, or, or any of those kind of things. And so it really, it's funny to me how even still after 20 years, sometimes this is still a difficult uh, issue. But that good communication always leads to great sex and it's really hard to have um, one uh, without the other okay and so for some of us the real growth area will be like I want us to be able to talk about this and I want us to be able to talk about what it would look like to take a next step or what it would look like to become more one uh, in this area and not not to like rate each other right like in the middle of the act of like <laughs> Olympic athletes you know tonight maybe you were at 8.5 you know I'm not talking about that but after the fact or you know Some weekend, next day, hey, how was that? You know, is there something that would have made that more enjoyable for you? Because I love being with you, and I want to selflessly uh, serve you, okay? That's communication. That's not the way body parts fit together. Communication uh, is really, really important uh, to your sex life.
1: Yeah, and probably a great little... um thing to add in right here is as we talk about gender roles we typically would say hey the guy is the one um, that desires sex more usually when we joke or we talk about it's the guy that yes 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 and she's like ah maybe not tonight but we have found that there's a pretty decent percentage like 30 plus percent of women that have a higher sex drive than men or it changes through different stages of your life and so just you can flip it both ways I mean either way you need to communicate Someone's going to have more sex than they would ideally pick, and someone's going to have less. And so it's just this coming together, communicating, looking to serve the other person. And so when we say that, just know it could be it could be wife that you're more interested than he is. There's nothing wrong with you. That's just the way um, some women and some men are wired.
0: Absolutely, yeah. You're not perverted or dirty or anything like that. Okay, it's just the way and increasingly. Um, like they, they said, testosterone levels are actually like falling uh, among men, just due to like you know environmental stress, poor eating habits, lack of sleep, and those kind of things. So they can track that uh, over time. So guys, would, it would totally make sense um, that sometimes guys are becoming less um, sexually aroused, and women are becoming more. Nothing, nothing wrong with you. There could be some underlying things to address, but uh, there's. So if we sometimes it's just cheap laughs when you pit the the genders against each other, but um, it could be just you know use whatever, uh, whatever gender roles uh, fit you. And the whole, um, you know, we, we, we don't have in our notes to talk about sexual frequency, but I think a lot of times couples get really hung up on how many times, what's the right time. And uh, we always tell our primary couples this, that the, the couples that will report having really high levels of sexual satisfaction um, will have sex on the high end up to 20 times uh, a month, is low all the way down to like, you know, sometimes even like one to two times. So what that means is that couples that have anywhere from, from sex one to two times a month all the way to 20, couples all, all along the spectrum are going, yeah, like we've got a good sex life. And so it's just their their number, it's your number, whatever is right for you. But sometimes we get really, really freaked out that we're not having enough sex, right? Because there's some guy who won't shut up at the office who just talks about having sex all the time, right? And you can I've just found there's an inverse correlation. It's the guy that talks about having sex all the time. It's probably the guy who has no sex. And it's a little dude over there at the computer who's not saying anything, just smiling. He's having like all the sex uh, he wants, okay? Um, so it's, it's your discussion to have, okay? It's the number that's right for you. Um, and and so, but that, that's going to come through communication. There's no possible way. And like Pam, if you could know without communicating that and kind of letting there be some give and some take, and as Pam said, there's going to be some changes, right? And so generally, generally, guys will have the higher sex drive, right? Um, but there's a lot of times things shift. And so there will probably never be uh, a time in your marriage where they'll be exactly the same. You know, if there are guys, you'll probably be like out of town traveling for those two weeks, you know, right where they crossed and you'll miss it. And, um, and so you have to serve one of you always have to serve uh, each other. Don't get hung up on that. Have, have, uh, your own unique conversations, build your own, your own rhythms.
1: Yeah, and with all communication, it starts with that James 119 being quick to listen first. So you're looking to listen to your spouse first.
0: That's good. All
1: right, let's move on the next yep. one. The good. fourth yeah. one
0: is to have so to have great sex, you need good energy and time. Good energy and time. And so, uh, Pam and I uh, were just talking this morning that back when we had little, little bitty kids, the the shortage... Uh, was energy because at the end of the day, you know, my bride was completely spent. You know, crawling to the bedroom and uh, you know having one more human being like touch her uh, just wasn't really really exciting. And so, so we didn't like cut deals. It wasn't like hey, you do dishes and, and um, you know and, and vacuum and then I'll have sex with you. We never did that. But it was just something that we were mi- that I was mindful of. It was also something that Pam was mindful of. I remember we'd wake up um, in the morning. Uh, I'd look on my calendar. And sometimes she'd put T S, which means like as she learned this from some conference. It was the best conference I never went to. But uh, she learned this that she'd write T S, and it would be to think about sex. And so, so those days she would, you know, be like have her have her mind there, and she might take a nap. And so, into you know, the, the day she would have energy. And I would and I would look for ways to help her. Now, as we've gotten as our kids have gotten older, time uh, is the scarce commodity. And so now we've got kids up at, you know, god-awful hours doing trigonometry, you know, and dad's going, hey, like y'all should probably go to bed, you know. <laughs> almost done, dad, you know. Um, it, do you really, I mean, seriously, what's the difference between an A and a C, you know, both both fast? <laughs> Let's go. Um, so that that is our, uh, that's our scarce commodity now, but We have to, you got to have time to have sex and you have to have energy, uh, to have sex. And those are, again, your own different seasons. Those are for you, uh, to monitor and you to have conversations about.
1: Yeah. And so it may mean just that selfless thing, just giving up some things, um, letting some stuff go. Um, I've been known to leave laundry out, dirty dishes in the sink, just to kind of let that go till the next day, just knowing what's more important. And so just for you, what could you maybe free up some time or some energy so you can be with your spouse, um, Yeah, any other thoughts on that? That's great. Yep. Okay, last thing. um, Just in this, the goal, the good goal is to honor and love God. And so we know in every area of our marriage, you're serving to honor and love God. And so this specifically, I mean, y'all know, we know that um, it's one of the ways that you can honor God the most by the way you selflessly serve each other. And seek that Philippians 2 to look to others' interests is more important than your own. Um, And it starts, as we talk about in here, just taking that log out of your own eye, drawing a circle around yourself. What could it be about me that might be hard for him to pursue me? What could it be about me that might be hard for her to reciprocate when I advance? Um, Just what could it be about me? Start with yourself, and then, hey, how can I serve them?
0: Yeah, before you go launching into our sex life is broken and it's your fault, okay? Reflexively, if you learn nothing else how to re-engage, you should learn that you always start with yourself. Right, so, even if, even if they're cantankerous, or even if they're harsh, or even if they're, they don't seem to ever have energy, you still start with yourself. You don't put yourself in a, in a one down position to let yourself be abused. But you always ask God, God, what is it? What's the log in my eye? What would make it difficult for them to want to be intimate with me? Let's start there. Okay? And then you have conversations. But. If you, want to have, if you want to pursue your wife or your husband and have a great sex life, you've got, you have got to pursue God first. And you've got to see this as part of uh, that which is Christian and that which is marriage, which are the same thing. And so oftentimes we separate marriage in our, in our faith or sex in our marriage from our faith, and they're all the same thing. In 1 Peter 3.7, um, Peter says that, Husbands, you, you are... Um, to live, treat, uh, kind of live with your wives in an understanding way. And the, second, or the third part of that verse is so that your prayers will not be hindered. That's a terrifying verse, right? The, the, way, the way I relate to Pam impacts my relationship with God. And the way, I, the way I relate to God impacts my relationship with Pam. They're not somehow separate. And we get really messed up when we, when we see them as separate. Some really incredible things happen when we see them the same. And so when, when Pam and I are uh, not in the best place we should be sexually, and I wake up in the morning, I say, God, what is, what is my part? What would it look like to love my wife as Christ loved the church, to live with her in an understanding way? God, I want to honor you more than I want to have sex. I And I want to like, have sex, right? But, man, I want to honor you, God. Right? And if Pam wakes up and she says, man, sometimes he's just so inconsiderate, and I don't want to go have sex with, with him, given what you know, he did last night. But God, if, if that's one of the things that I, that I could do to show John that I love him and move towards him, he's not an abusive man. He, he, by and large, he's kind. I'm, I'm going to do that. Right? That's so much better uh, than anything else. That we can do, and I, I, we didn't mention right any charts about like how bodies fit together or any techniques, right? That was not not in the list of five things you need to do to have great sex. Like the, you'll you'll figure out how your bodies fit together, right? I mean, there's only so many ways depending on your flexibility and height differential. You'll <laughs> you'll figure it out, right? You don't need to buy anything off of Amazon. Um, you, you'll you'll do all right, right? There's no big crazy sexual technique that you don't know about if you only did, right? I mean, I tell our pre they're like, dude, like, what? what's like the secret? It's not that complicated, my man, you know? Like, uh, when you have sex, make sure there's lubrication for one or both of you, or pick it up at the drugstore. will uh, be one. The other one is um, you always watch on TV, you guys make out. You hop on top of her and she screams wildly. That's not going to be your experience. Uh, you're going to need a manually stimulator. Got it? Got it? So call me. Call me if you need any help. But I think that'll that'll be enough for and now. They walk away
1: like
0: this. <laughs> like. <laughs> I've never I've never had a guy call like, dude. We can't figure out like this sex thing. You know? It's like, man, just yeah. Okay, that's all that's all you need to know. Uh, but if you have those other five things, like progressively as you trust, know care for each other, uh, becomes better. Okay. And so, um, and it it really does get better over time. It really does, which is hard to imagine some of you given where you are or some of you, how young you are. And you think, man, we're going to age out of this deal. Uh, it's not the case. I'll tell you a story to end, uh, that, but I would just say if this is a struggle uh, for you, okay, you honor God, you do all those things, uh, you do all those things there. Um, and then you do what Christians do, which is always to pray, study God's word, and open yourself up to the counsel of others. So if you're stuck, it's amazing how so oftentimes we, uh, we will isolate and we don't let anybody know. It's as if the house is on fire, and rather than opening the doors, we shut uh, all the doors, lock the windows, and pull, pull the curtains and go, like, no one is going to find out about this, which is crazy, right? Christians, I mean, you know, in, in, in right... Uh, in wise ways, live openly uh, with others, and they open themselves up to community. So don't, if things are really, uh, really hard or hurtful or a mess, don't close, lock the doors, shut the windows, pull the shades, open them up, okay? And let your leader, let your group know, it's like, man, there's just a lot of pain in this area, and we want God, um, we want God to, to kind of do his thing, and we want to be uh, we want to be really submissive uh, to him. So, And so just
1: a couple of, um, we just want to make sure you guys know about, if there's been sexual abuse in your past, um, there's a, a great ministry here called Shelter, specifically for women, and for men is MEND, M-E-N-D. And so just dealing with that, whether it was last year or two decades ago, just seeking um, just healing in that area, being around other people who had that, were victims of that, and are still have a self, healthy sex life today. And so that's a great one. And then, um, you know, regeneration is a great place to go if you have an addiction, some kind of a sexual addiction, um, or any body image, any of those things. And so we would just point you guys to both those resources.
0: That's good. Okay. So that could be a very Christian outworking uh, of what it looks like to love your spouse, it would be to go deal with uh, and kind of get some healing for sexual abuse because it absolutely impacts. Uh, your ability to be intimate, intimate with your spouse absolutely does, okay? And then some of you have, uh, are addicted to or dabbling with pornography. That absolutely has an impact on your marriage. And so uh, one of the most loving things you could do is to raise your hand and say, hey, I've got this issue, All Right, And uh, the loving response is, man, thank you so much for sharing. Let's move to, to healing in either you know, addiction or in pain. Um, thank you so much. Let's walk through this. Whatever, whatever it looks like, however long that takes, uh, let's let's do that, okay? And I want to love you through that process. Uh, That would be that would be a great action item for some of us, okay? So let me close with this our favorite sex story, and it's not about sex, and it doesn't involve, kind of involves us. So uh, when we were um, about to get married, we found really it was like uh, the wisest, godliest, by reputation, best uh, marriage. Um, that that we uh, that we knew, and we just went to them and said, "Hey, would you guys spend some time with us before we got married? We don't even know what we don't know. Uh, we've heard like you guys have got a great marriage, you love Jesus. Would you hang out with us?" I said, "Sure." Well, they they actually done this a lot. They'd actually done a lot of premarital counseling. We didn't know, but they said, "Great." We we'll meet with you six times or whatever it was. You know, here, 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 here. And so we showed up one night, and it uh, there's the the. The vibe was a little different uh, than it had been. You know, we'd been talking about money and communication and, you know, family of origin. And it was just, it was just different. And uh, he goes, hey, uh, so tonight we're going to talk about sex, um, but we're going to split off. And so, Pam, why don't you go with, we'll call her Susan, uh, out by the pool. And John, you and I are going to go around uh, the block and we're going to walk, right? So, um, and so to set the, set the scene up, I'm 22, all right? And this guy is pretty close to 60, but he looks—let's just say—he looks 80. Okay, so just, I mean, that'd be uh, that'd be very fair, very. Fair. God, one of the godliest men I know, but he just aged differently, you know, uh, than than the rest. Um, and so. 2280. Okay, if you got the picture. Okay, we're talking about sex. And this dude is pulling zero punches with me. He is uh he's just talking graphically, you know, about stuff I need to know and you know, and I'm just like I can't make eye contact. I'm really <laughs> <laughs> just the whole thing was was just awkward. And so he stops as we're walking. Um, yeah, I mean, like, it was yesterday, it's funny, um, there was construction in the neighborhood, so he's, he's walking, and he's just telling me, I mean, he's, like, he's going, yeah, something, you know, vaginal moistening, I'm like, ha, ah! ha, and he's, put, he's picking up these nails, and so he's talking and looking at me, and, you know, uh, and the whole thing was just bizarre, and he's, he stops, he's got this handful of nails, and he looks at me, and he says, hey, you know what, I mean, sex with Susan now is better than it's ever been, and I and like two things happened instantaneously. Like I had like a physical like, ha, like, you know, <laughs> oh, I, you know, I didn't even want to know you guys had sex. I've no <laughs> no. Don't tell me about the quality at this point. Uh, and, so that was my first reaction. And my second one was like, that's bull. There's no way you guys are having better sex now than you did. Or that somehow when Pam and I are in our 50s and 60s, we'll have better sex than we are. Uh, in our, in our twenties. I mean, cause like, look at us, you know, and we just, I just looked different when I was I just proportionally, I was different in my, in my twenties. And I thought that's what this whole thing was all about. And I, thought, I figured I'm on a slow decline and that'll be what it is. Um, it's kind of, we're topping out here and we'll just ride the wave, uh, as long as we can hold on or till medicine can, uh, can help us. <laughs> <laughs> and here's what I found out later. Is that actually couples that report having higher levels of, the highest levels of marital or sexual satisfaction are not in their 20s, they're not in their 30s, they're not in their 40s. They tend to be like in their mid 50s and sometimes plus. You know, I was like, <laughs> and that, back then I was going like, this is like the marriage Santa Claus. You're telling me it gets better. You know it's not true, you know, and I'll, I'm supposed to pass this on now to some unsuspecting young man uh, later. But it is true. And here's the deal, man. Did those guys look different than they did when they were 22? Yes, like decidedly, okay? (laughs) But all this stuff that we just talked about, specifically the Jesus component, man, those guys woke up every single morning and tried to honor God in all facets of life, especially in their marriage. And they were reaping the benefits of it, right? And so Pam and I aren't into our mid-50s, uh, but I'll just say I like the trajectory, and, uh, and I, I look a lot different uh, than I did when I was 22. And so I don't think it's uh, as much about that as we tend to make it. It has a whole lot more to do with the quality of the relationship, the way we communicate, the way we see it from God's perspective, um, and then the way that we uh, really do see uh, this as part of our spiritual life. Okay? And so that's what we wanted to give you guys tonight. I'd say have your own unique conversation. And, uh, and if you need some help from your leaders, um, definitely uh, kind of let them know. Okay? So let me pray for us, and then I'll tell us kind of what's, uh, what's next. Okay, So Father, um, we do thank you for the gift of sex. And it is. It is a gift between a husband and a wife. Um, I pray you'd help us enjoy that gift or take a step. Even, even if it just meant tonight that we were able to give each other a hug, for the, for the first time in a while, I pray you'd give us that gift or to enjoy the gift of sex sometime in the near future. And uh, Specifically, some of these guys that haven't had sex in a long time, I pray um, that in the not-too-distant future, uh, some of them would show up pregnant. <laughs> and I pray you'd give them that gift. Would you help us honor you in all of life, and would you help us honor you in this area? In Christ's name we pray. Amen.